This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado. The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today, wherever you listen to podcasts. On this week's episode of the podcast, I tell Drew a story about a brawl between some unlikely candidates. Oh man, just just some guys wrestling. <laughs> yeah, you sound like my father-in-law. Buckle up, this is Deadball Brothers. Welcome to Deadball Brothers! It is a weekly podcast about soccer and history with a healthy, healthy dose of stupidity. Man, we are coming in hot today. Way healthier than our president. Oh no. (laughs) I had to. I had to just slip it in there. I had to to just like kind of like slide it under the door. I guess you did. I guess I guess you did. This episode is presented to you by Bet Online and DoorDash. Yeah, shouts out to the sponsors. As always, we are part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. We are. And so thankful for that. We are very, well. very thankful for those things. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. This so podcast many. is hosted by two people that happen to be actual brothers. We are real biological. Should we share blood? We are blood brothers. We are. I opened Drew's head one time. With a seven iron. And there was one time that I slapped my bloody nose blood on your leg. <laughs> I'd forgotten about that. Or arm, maybe? Uh, I don't know. But that's so much about us without us introducing ourselves. The hosts of this podcast are me, Adam Whitaker Snavely, everybody's most favorite soccer writer of, of many things. Most favorite. And my real life brother, Drew Snavely, suffering Manchester United fan. As always. Suffering? You guys have improved. You I beat mean, Brighton three. You went from beating Brighton what three to two to beating Brighton three to nothing. Our like B plus team beat Brighton's B plus team, which should definitely be happening. Little Donnie, <laughs> Donnie, Donnie Van de Beek, Beek, not Bake, not Bake, Bake, Beek, Van de Bake. No, it's Bake. Yeah, oh, it's Bake. Donnie Van Beek. It looks like Beek. It looks like Beek. But it's pronounced Bake. Dutch names. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't I don't know either. Do I look like I know how to pronounce Dutch things? I remember Dirk Kout's name looked like it. I mean, even I and Robin. It's supposed to be Dirk. Right? Coit. Yeah, Ari and Robin. It's like A-R-G-J-E-N. Dutch names, man. Yeah, they're wild. Yeah. Virgil. Virgil. Van Dyke. Oh man, lots of lots of Dutch players that are prominent in soccer. Yeah, as always, it's crazy how that happens. Yeah, it, it really is weird. A country gets good at soccer and they stay good at soccer. Hey, we're we're working our way up. We are. We yield Serginho Des. I was gonna say there's been some noticeable movement from the United States men's national team players and United States. Women's national team players. Also true. Um, invading England. In invading England. It, uh, they really have been. Rose Lavelle just made her Manchester City debut. 
Sam Mewis. Sam Mewis scored a goal against Arsenal. Yes. Huge game. You have uh, Tobin Heath and Kristen Press that are at Manchester United. Alex Morgan. Alex Morgan. Tottenham Hotspur. Yeah, whose women's team sucks, but Alex Morgan is there. <laughs> Their women's team is not good. Not, <laughs> not good. Not nearly as good <laughs> as those other teams I just talked <laughs> no, about. No, they are not. <laughs> oh, man. But you have, yeah, Serginho Dest off to... Off to a rip-roaring start, not being able to juggle in the rain. Okay, but he did have, like, that one... He like, did have a couple... No, no, no. He definitely had more sick things that he did than that one clip, but that one clip was definitely hilarious. I... Yeah. People I, people I, are getting all mad about it, and I'm just like, just let people have fun. Just, just let people make fun of it. It's just funny. It's like, funny. Uh, Barcelona just spent, like, $30 million on this dude, and yeah. he can't even, like, <laughs> juggle a ball. <laughs> it's it's obviously he can juggle a ball. Yeah, and then, <laughs> then he immediately turns around and does that, like, back heel, back of the knee, shin thing. Smooth as butter. That turnaround thing. I don't even, I, I don't think I've ever even seen anybody do that before. That was wild. I was thinking, how did he not tear his ACL <laughs> doing this ball lift? It's, am- it's amazing what youth does for you. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. <laughs> But yeah, oh, Dust yeah. joins the ranks of Americans, uh, American men specifically, that are young and moving and doing big things in Europe. I don't, I don't even think we gave Weston a shout out for, for moving to Juventus. We didn't because Weston didn't do well against Roma, but he did move to Juventus. Good job, Weston. And he's and, gotten a couple starts with he has, Juventus. He's started twice. Even, even if one His of first them... game against Sampdoria was, was, was really good. good. He yeah. played well. His and... game against Roma was not as good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Tyler Adams is doing Tyler Adams. Tyler, Tyler Adams is great. Josh Sargent looks pretty, pretty decent. Pretty decent for a bad team. Yeah, Verter isn't good, but no. he looks pretty decent. He scored. Uh, I he's, I thought. I think he has just done assists. He has scored in the German Cup. Oh, but that's he's got, right. That's he's right. That's assists right. In yeah. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Christian Pulisic Christian making his way back. Back in the squad for Frankie, this weekend. Frankie Lamps says that he'll uh, he'll be, be in the squad. The we like that. We like that a lot. Uh, Conrad De La Fuente, back to Barcelona. Yep, Conrad De La Fuente. I just saw something that said they were looking at him as a possible left back. Oh. <laughs> that's... Yo, that's the reaction. Okay. Oh. It's a, it's a oh. Chris, Crystal Dunn-esque move, right? Yeah, <laughs> I think a lot of people have speculated at times whether Conrad is actually going to end up projecting as a fullback. Just because that seems to be more of his strengths. He's not as tricky of a player that many people think he needs to be at that level, especially for like Barcelona Yeah, at that position. But if he can, if he were to make a jump to fullback and be able to handle the defensive responsibilities of the position, you can see why it would be kind of why it would be desired. It would be yes. like a DeAndre yes. Evelyn kind of situation with how much speed uh, and and that kind of surprising ability out of the back that he could bring to the position. Yes. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen. Obviously, he's only played as a winger thus yeah. far for Barca B and throughout his his youth stuff in La Masia. Yeah. Uh, actually, I, I think at one point they were playing him a little bit as like a central midfielder at one point, but he's mostly played winger. You know uh, Aaron Wan-Bissaka started out as a winger. Yeah. And... I mean, so did Serginho Dest. Yes, but when Serginho Dest goes forward, he looks competent. When Aaron Juan Pasaka <laughs> goes forward, you're like, how did this dude start out as winger? <laughs> Who is the position coach, coach at, at Crystal Palace? Who's like, <laughs> like, yeah, I think I think you could be a winger for sure. <laughs> it's Roy Hodgson's mother. 
He's who's somehow still alive. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't know that for a fact. Uh, shout, not, shouts out to um, Zach Steffen. Ooh, Zach Steffen. For getting a couple appearances in the EFL Cup. Zach Steffen looks like he is like a solidified number two. Yeah. He's just, that. that's his position. Now. Very great. Very great um, for... Things are looking up for the United States men's national team. All in all, the European club scene looks pretty good for the USA. Tim Ream. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, is he even starting for Fulham currently? Um, I don't don't even know if he's playing. He's he's playing in the cup. I don't think he was playing. I don't think he's playing Premier League matches. The Premier League. Just rough, considering Fulham... Are bad. Are bad, bad. Fulham are not good. Bad, bad. They got, <laughs> they got embarrassed by Brentford. In, oh, my in gosh. The, in the Carabao Cup. They got when you're losing 3-0 to Brentford. Crushed. Brent, I mean, Brentford is good. I, don't, I still don't know how Fulham lost to Brentford. I think, I think Brentford are like 10th in the championship right now. Well, yeah. It's only been a few games. I mean, but still. And they sold off a ton of players from last year's squad that almost was promoted the Premier League. Yes. But yeah, Tim Ream is steady, we shall say. Steady. A consistent presence. <laughs> certainly. Oh no, he did start against Aston Villa. Oh, look at him go. In that 3-0 loss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he was there. He was totally there. He was a part of it. He was, he was equally to blame as everybody else. <laughs> and you know what? Um, I guess... They really missed him against Brentford because he did not play. Ah, and see that. So. You know who did? Anthony Robinson. Anthony Robinson. So, uh. Did play left back. Yikes. Yeah, big yikes. Unfortunate. <laughs> Very unfortunate. We're, Adam, not to talk, we're not here to talk about Fulham. No, we're not here to talk about the United States men's national team. We're not. We're here to talk about brawls. Brawls. You know? So, I want to hear about a brawl because I have been. I don't know. I haven't been anticipating a, a good old fight story, but uh, when you told me that it would be a fight story, I got interested. Interest peaked. Drew, I do have a story about a fight, but yeah. to get to that story about a fight, we need to get a little context first. You know, yeah. we yeah. need to get a little contextual evidence. Yeah, all that good stuff. Have you heard the saying, "Form is temporary, but class is permanent"? Yes. Yes. It's used quite a bit. It it really is. What do you uh what do you think of that saying? Uh I I think it is a saying that you say when a legend sucks. <laughs> but they used to be really good but they suck now, but you don't want to rag on them. And so they do like one good thing when Really, the rest of the game, they They've did nothing. Terrible. They've, They've been, been terrible. But you're like, oh, man, such a, such a classy moment. <laughs> I think, like, uh, Andrea Pirlo, Panenka, uh, <laughs> penalty, and the like, class is permanent. He's, like, 36 years old and can barely move. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's overused, and I also think that it's objectively false. Yeah. <laughs> that it is not permanent No, it is not. Um if class were permanent, Manchester United wouldn't be following Dortmund around for Jaden Sancho like a sad puppy, probably. Okay. I would imagine that. Uh, Low blow. There's no such thing as class. <laughs> At least not when it comes to, like, playing. I don't think that there is such a thing as a club that is class. 
there is form, which is how well you're playing at any given moment. Yes. And then there's the ability to spend more money than the people around you. Yes. And that's the way most soccer teams work. Okay. And that especially includes teams in the Premier League. Yeah. Yeah. Usually when you think class, I don't think a team as a whole, I think individual players, like class player. But sure. I get I was, where you're coming from. I was elevating it to the club yeah. level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, there have been a couple teams that have endured throughout the Premier League's rather short history. Hasn't been around that long. Since, yeah. Only since 1992. And before them, even a select few teams that have always seemed to be at or near the top of the English game. But there is a typical ebb and flow to all of these clubs. Yes. Just look at the winners of the Premier League through its first several seasons. There's really only three. Manchester United, Arsenal, and Blackburn Rovers. Yes. Three teams who haven't won the league nearly a decade at least. <laughs> Two of those teams are still familiar Premier League clubs, and then even Blackburn was last in the Premier League when Manchester United was winning it. I would like to point out that Manchester United has won within the last decade, yes. as recently as seven years ago. That's why I said nearly a decade. Okay. I was rounding up. I guess so. Again, form and money are the only things that rule this world, and both are very, very temporary. Yes. That's also true if you happen to be a Newcastle fan, oh, who gosh. this story is about. Yeah. <laughs> talking about some Newcastle, Let's baby. Let's do it. <laughs> Newcastle United FC, officially formed in 1892. Old club. Yeah, real old. Very <laughs> old. Having been a team that have alternated between looking like world beaters, being dark horse favorites... And being also Rams in the top two divisions of the English game. We've become accustomed to a Newcastle that bounces back and forth between the Premier League and the Championship a little bit. Mm -hmm. Especially in the last several years. Yeah. But in the first few years of the Premier League, Newcastle were a near constant threat to actually win the league. Yes. They finished third in 1994, which was the season they had been promoted to the Premier League for the first time. Impressive. Yes. They followed that up with a disappointing sixth-place finish before finishing second in the league back-to-back -back years, narrowly losing out to Manchester United both times. Sucks to suck. <laughs> <laughs> I, I figured we would get sympathy from you on that. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. Their fortunes took a little downturn in the late 90s, but by the early 2000s, under Sir Bobby Robson, Newcastle began expecting top four finishes and European football once more. They were legitimately a good team, with Alan Shearer spearheading an entertaining attacking side. Okay, yeah. Now, the team finished fifth in the 2003-2004 season, meaning they would still be competing in the UEFA Cup and was still performing pretty well under Robson. Yeah. But a poor start to the campaign, some rumors of locker room discontent and some disagreements with upper staff yeah you know how it goes in the english game oh yeah led to an early dismissal in august wow for sir bobby robson okay in that year yeah hey you lose the dressing room you lose the club <laughs> that's, that's, that's what is. i hear that's what they tell me that's what the english say newcastle needed a new coach to fuel its push to do well in the champions league once again and they chose Graeme Souness. Oh, Graeme. Souness, <laughs> <laughs> the Scottish hard man that we best know today as being the human embodiment of vinegar and rotten potatoes on television. <laughs> okay. Back then. 
<laughs> was a journeyman manager uh, who had the likes of Liverpool, Torino, Blackburn, Galatasaray, Benfica, and most notably Rangers Okay, on his CV. Yeah. He was, much like his demeanor, pretty much everywhere would suggest an old-fashioned coach and player and someone who wasn't afraid of being disliked. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Some things never change. You no, know? they really don't. <laughs> there are several rumors that multiple players left Newcastle during his time there simply because they hated him so much oh and he returned their disdain. <laughs> Such as Craig Bellamy, Jermaine Genus, and Olivier Bernard. As soon as took charge, Newcastle sputtered out of the gates. A brief lift in results gave way to the same malaise as before, with their form not improving considerably in the league, and not nearly enough from what you'd want from a squad that had finished in the top five in the previous three seasons. Yeah, definitely. They had become, like, legitimately, like, this is a top four club. Like, this is what we expect. Yeah. So, you need to get those results, and if you're not getting those results... What are you? Yeah. Watford? Mid-table club for sure. Mid-table club for sure. They did see success both in the UEFA Cup and the FA Cup. Okay. However. So the team continued under Sunas. They're like, well, he's doing pretty well in cup competitions. Yeah. We're not where we want to be in the league, but we do have some things that we are succeeding at, so we're going to stick it out. <clears throat> there are signs that maybe it things will turn Things out. will get better. Yeah, you know, probably. Kind of like I mean, Manchester United under Ole. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I guess it's hard to say what we're really doing well at the moment, but <laughs> that's true. <laughs> By the spring of that season, Newcastle were in tenth place. Okay, and Europe seemed officially out of reach, barring a a run through the UEFA Cup. Yeah, basically. Um. They did, on the other hand, still have a semifinal match with Manchester United for the FA Cup on Okay, tap, yeah. And a quarterfinal in the UEFA Cup against Sporting Lisbon from Portugal. So, all told, the season wasn't totally lost. No, not at there all. There are still things to play for. Yeah. Just probably not in the league. No. You're, you're kind of like... <laughs> We're going to stay up. At this point, it's April. You're in 10th place. Yeah. You're not getting top four. No. You're just not. You're... N- but you're also not going to get relegated. No. So it's kind of just like a we're gonna we're gonna try to maintain. You it. might be able to sneak into top seven though. Yeah, maybe even. Yeah. Yeah. So 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 you're still looking obviously yeah. to win. You'd be hard pressed to not feel like the season wasn't totally lost though. If you were a Newcastle fan watching their very next game against Aston Villa, oh gosh, where the team imploded, found themselves in a brawl. Finished the game with eight men. Oh, wow. And resulted in Sunis threatening to fight members of his own squad. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the podcast, brought to you this week by DoorDash. Now, I don't think that most people need an introduction to DoorDash at this point. I know I certainly don't. As a person who has used it multiple times, 
just in the last couple of days to get food. But basically, it is a delivery service for places that you normally would not be able to get delivery food service from, which makes it perfect for times like these. Now, if you don't know what it is, DoorDash is an app. You open your DoorDash app, you choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with new contactless delivery drop-off settings that you can choose inside the app. You can choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, the Cheesecake Factory, whatever you like. And also, many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery too. You just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on its way. Now, right now, Our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BLUEWIRE. Remember, code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Today's pod is also brought to you by BetOnline. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Thank you for sticking with us through that commercial break. Adam, Graham Sunis, you said was about ready to fight his own players? Drew, I did say that, and we're going to get to that. Okay. <laughs> Classic manager moves, you it know? It feels pretty on brand for Sunis. Yes. Not on brand for managers. It's not what you want. Mm, maybe not, but uh, who knows? Doesn't <laughs> seem like a healthy relationship. Maybe you could spice things up a little bit. Yeah, maybe. So, the TLDR of the first half. Newcastle found themselves in 10th place. They had a couple of cup matches. They had basically nothing to play for. They could possibly stretch their way into, like, 7th or 6th or something like that. But, more or less, all they had to worry about was staying healthy and unsuspended. Yes. For the cup competitions that they actually have a chance to win stuff. FA Cup, yeah. Because if you get suspended in... Uh, the Premier League that carries over to FA Cup, Cup yep. and EFL Cup, mm-hmm. which has always like kind of been a funny rule to me. It is like I feel like if you get suspended in the Premier League, you should serve out your suspension in the Premier League, and if you but get nope. suspended <laughs> in the FA Cup, you should be suspended in the FA Cup. But <laughs> they just merge them all together because like, it's part of the English Football League. Yeah, and by football I mean soccer, obviously. But here we are. Um, I'm assuming that people are about to get suspended. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So a game against Aston Villa at home seemed an innocuous enough challenge. Yes. Villa were in 11th. There was no real special rivalry or anything before the, between the two teams. 
there was nothing special about this game at all. Okay. It is just an April game between two mid-table clubs yes. that are just playing out the rest of their season. That's seasons. what I would have guessed. Yeah. Yeah. They're just they're just playing out the rest of the season. Yeah. That's it. Just guys being dudes. Yeah. What's better than this? What's better than this? Lads being gents. It was a poor start to the game from the home side. When it only took five minutes for the visitors to score via a Juan Pablo Angel goal. Which, by the way, shout out to Juan Pablo Angel. Juan Pablo Angel. A forgotten MLS designated player. New York Red Bulls legend. Who was great for the Red Bulls. I got to see him play. Yeah, he was really good. In Newark, really, New was, Jersey. Uh, Harrison, actually. Harrison, New Jersey? Yeah, where Red uh, Bull Arena is. Uh, I thought it was New York, Newark. But yeah, nice. they pronounce it Nork. <laughs> Do they really? Yeah. No. Go crazy. Learn something new every day. But, yeah, one Pablo in hell, a great player that I think nobody talks about. He played for Aston Villa? Yeah. I did not For a long, that. long time. Wow, okay. He was yeah. good for them. Uh, I'm actually pretty sure that he went straight. I think New York signed him from Aston Villa. Okay, like that. yeah. He went straight there. I respect it. Now, Juan Pablo Angel opens up the scoring really early, five minutes in. Unfortunately for basically everyone, the early goal didn't do much to open the game up and instead led to a tightly contested affair between the two sides all the way through the first half up until the 73rd minute when things got worse for... You guessed it, Newcastle. <laughs> Darius Vassell picked up the ball on a breakaway for Villa and managed to work his way around an on-rushing Shea Given, FIFA legend Shea Given. Shea Given. <laughs> While defender Stephen Taylor desperately sprinted for the goal, Vassell put a shot on target while Taylor sliding in, and Stephen Taylor subsequently pulled out what we all refer to now as the Luis Suarez, or alternatively, the Drew Snavely. Okay. You know what I'm talking about. The chip about. shot? No. Oh. No, he was the defender trying to defend the goal. Uh, Can you think of moments in your life where you were trying to defend the goal and you were not the goalie? Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> I was sent off for that at one point in my life. And now I'm like, yeah, Luis Suarez was also sent off for that <laughs> in a World Cup. Yeah. All these things connecting man, in your mind. Yeah, yeah, man. Mm-hmm, oh, mm-hmm. wow. Memories. Memories. Taylor made a big old diving save with his hand. <laughs> like, really just, like, fully reached out for yeah, him. Yeah. Like, I it respect wasn't even, it. It wasn't even close to him. Like, it was, like, well past him, and he, like, fully stretched back to get this thing. Okay, okay. Kind of going back to um, the scenario. So Luis Suarez got a red card in a World Cup where that goal probably would have decided the game. Yes. Absolutely would have decided oh, the game. Ab- oh, yeah, yeah, Because it was in, I think it was in second half stoppage time. Yeah, it was It was incredibly late yes. to the point where he was cheering when Ghana missed the penalty kick. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's like, mm-hmm. all right, great. Red card, totally worth it at that point. It really was. Okay, so... When I got my red card, it was also very late scenario. We were playing a much bigger school than we were. We were tied 2-2. Two two. Yes. Really great game. Like, a really awesome game. If We really wanted to win. And so, when the ball was flying into the, like, corner of the goal uh, off a corner kick, I was like, I might as well give the keeper a chance, right? <laughs> <laughs> I've always thought of myself as the keeper. <laughs> So I stuck my out there, got stuck my arm out there, got the red card, and uh, 
they uh, made the penalty kick. So. Yeah, our keeper did not say that. He did not say that. Unfortunate. <laughs> uh, very unfortunate. But this is like uh, just a normal game yes. against two mid-table clubs. Uh-huh. Like just let the let the ball go just in the let net. It yeah, just let it happen, my guy. Because the game isn't even close to being over. Well, at this point, it's the seventy-third minute. So it's it's kind of like you you will definitely have time. You you would go down two nothing, which is definitely not ideal for fifteen minutes left. But stranger things have happened in soccer. But certainly. if you're not really like playing for anything in the Premier League, it just doesn't seem like a no. good move. No, no. absolutely yeah, not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The best part of all this was that he made this clearly with his hand diving save. And then rolled around on the ground for a long time, yeah. clutching his side <laughs> like he had been struck by the shot. Like, oh, oh sniper. Oh, no. Uh, it hit me so hard in the side. <laughs> in the side. Like, look at this referee. <laughs> look at this mark. It's right here. You <laughs> like can see it. <laughs> I've got a welt. Uh, no, the referee was not interested. Um <laughs> Uh, Steven Taylor was red carded very promptly. Did not need VAR for that one. No, absolutely not. And Villa scored the subsequent penalty courtesy of Gareth Barry. This whole. Gareth Barry. Dude, this whole. What year are we in again? 2004. Man. This whole thing was. Or 2005? 2005. Still, man. This whole thing is like a trip down memory lane of like, oh man, I remember that guy. I remember that guy. I mean, Gareth Barry was playing in the Premier League. I feel like only a few years ago, like he had yeah. a really long career mm-hmm. in the Premier League. Just one of those guys, one of those dudes. <laughs> um, I mean, you want to know what is like wild? You know who's a member of this Newcastle team? Who? Right now? Who doesn't really come up in the story at all. Okay. James Milner. Wow. <laughs> okay, yeah. James Milner, man, what a he's a journeyman. He's one the league for multiple clubs, which I don't think many other people have done in the Premier League. He's he's he, he's like a weird journeyman because he's so like respected. He's a solid seen as kind player. of like this top solid player, but yeah. like still is just like bounces around. He's playing for Manchester City and Liverpool now, and like all this stuff. James Milner is like the epitome of the English game, like incredibly yeah. simple, yeah. but efficient. Yes, and he's like you do. He does exactly what you ask of him, and nothing more than that. Mm-hmm. And like that's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so Gareth Barry finished the penalty, and seven minutes later, Aston Villa were awarded another penalty, which Gareth Barry. Also finished. Man. So that took the score to 3-0 Villa. The match is now firmly out of Newcastle's reach. You're a man down. You're three goals down. There's like 10 minutes left to play. Yeah. It's just like, it's done. Like, let's pack it up, go home. We have bigger fish to fry in other competitions anyway. Yeah. That's that. So, Newcastle's misery... However, was far from over. Oh, no. Yeah, I was going to say, Soundness, like, if he wasn't ready to fight somebody yet, mm-hmm. I'm sure it's, like, coming. Oh, it's coming, <laughs> my guy. Villa was now content to sit back a bit and let 10-man Newcastle try to prod their way through if they could. And it was a Newcastle attack that gave way to just chaos. Yeah. As the ball was lumped forward to 
striker, Shola Amiobi. Another one of those. Oh, that guy. I remember that guy. Yeah. The referee had to blow his whistle because two Newcastle players and an Aston Villa player seemed to be locked in something of an embrace just a few feet from the ball, which turned out to be a fight. Okay. The small scrum was eventually cleared before everyone realized what had actually happened. (laughs) Gareth Barry, the Villa player involved, was not fighting either of the two Newcastle players. He was breaking up the fight. Oh, no. The Newcastle players were fighting each other. Oh, my gosh. Over the course of the game, and according to Alan Shearer, the week in training leading up to the match, midfielders Lee Boyer and Kieran Dyer had had some words and a bit of tension had flared up between the two. According to Dyer, there had come a few moments in the game against Villa where he had received the ball, Boyer had shown for it, and he had elected to pass it somewhere else. Yeah. Which is a very normal soccer thing. Yes. That's anybody who's ever played soccer can tell you. Yeah, you you like sometimes you run to the player to show for a pass. Yeah. And sometimes he passes you the ball and sometimes he doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> That's a super normal soccer yeah, thing. Yeah, that happens. As the game progressed, Boyer became increasingly agitated over what he saw as Dyer's refusal <laughs> to pass him the ball. Oh, no. <laughs> Repeatedly asking him why he wouldn't give him the ball. Eventually, Dyer got sick of the question and responded to Boyer, telling him he didn't pass him the ball because he was terrible. Oh, no. <laughs> You're shite, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Boyer immediately went after Dyer, throwing haymakers with both hands. Dyer, looking, or at least at the beginning of this fight, mostly like he was trying to protect himself, yeah. grabbed Boyer's neck and the front of his shirt, ripping it open at the chest as he tried to duck beneath the punches. What? Before finally returning a few of his own. Yeah. To really sum up how strange the moment was, we have legendary striker, Mr. Shearer. Yes. Who said, they sort of said something to each other, and then I saw them going together, and I remember thinking, I'm not seeing this right. (laughs) (laughs) Am I drunk right now? (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) Gareth Barry, probably confused more than anything else, finally managed to tear Lee Boyer off of Kieran Dyer, while the other Newcastle players eventually ran in and tried to calm things down between two of their own players. Since, again, none of the Aston Villa players were trying to fight anyone. I feel like that's like a, a pretty common response for people who don't have a, a horse in the race. Mm-hmm. Like, if you see a couple people fighting, like even if they're on opposing sides, which is usually what happens yeah. on this rare occasion, you have teammates, two <laughs> teammates fighting. Um but you usually see people like trying to be peacemakers, like yeah. pulling off each other, like, come on, guys, like, let's just play. <laughs> let's be respectable. Here. Yeah. Uh, all that also gels very well with my view of Gareth Barry, who I view as a very similar person to like James Milner. We're like proper English. We tuck our shirts in when we play. Yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. Uh, the referee, probably confuses everyone else, red guarded both Boyer and Dyer for fighting. <laughs> And the fight became distinct as one of the red, rare instances of two players being red carded for fighting, and that outcome only really affecting one team. Yeah, I. 
I don't really like that. I don't like that rule of red carding two players of the same team that are fighting. Like, just let them have it out. It's not... <sighs> Through a punch. They're throwing punches. I know, but like, it's, it's like it's, it's the violent same conduct. team, you know? <laughs> it... So because of the same team, it doesn't. the rules don't matter? Well, it's just like you're sending off two players from one team and no players from the other team. I don't know, man. I mean, obviously, don't fight. They were, they were throwing is, punches. That is, that is the first. Don't, do not throw punches, but, ah, man, I think it's kind of dumb. Just let them have it out. Let play continue. Let them play, ref. Let them play. Let's just let the boys play. <laughs> Newcastle were reduced to eight men, having already had Steven Taylor yes. sent off, as you recall. Yes. And puts their way to an impending 3-0 loss. It kind of seemed like Aston Villa just agreed that... Newcastle had had enough. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like they've just let them be. We're not gonna attack. Let's just let's just get done with this game. That's very English as well. Yeah, like, it's like respectful. It's that class. Yes, that everybody kind of talks about mm-hmm. when talking about class, doing things that are respectable. In cool. theory, like not celebrating a goal against your previous Ugh, team. I hate that. Which is so stupid. I like hate celebrate that. Celebrate a goal. Exactly. They didn't want to keep you. So celebrate. Exactly. That's why I'm so glad that Olivier Giroud celebrated against Arsenal. Exactly. I was like, yeah. And that one that one Irish Arsenal dude at the bar wasn't having it. <laughs> he was so upset. He, what about class? What about class? I was like, bro. I don't care. I don't care about class. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care. And he said, oh, yeah, you look like you it too. You look like it too. <laughs> oh, what a time that was. Oh, man. When me and Drew watched the Europa League final with some new friends. Almost got into a fight with an Almost Irish guy. Almost got into a fight with an Irish You Arsenal actually fan. told me you you told me that I had to stop talking to him because I kept on talking to him after he said that. I know. I was like, just, like, like, just, just let it go. It. Just Man, leave I it. Was, I was not going to let it go. He's, he's <laughs> upset that Arsenal is losing. Just leave <laughs> it. Oh, man. In the locker room after the match, several Newcastle players were furious with Boyer and Dyer, including Alan Shearer who took the two to task for how stupid they could be, especially with important games coming up. But no one in that locker room was madder than Graham Souness. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I was still sitting on the Souness uh-huh, uh-huh. fight. Who went in and began acting like he wasn't a 52-year-old man at the time, which he was. In the midst of his dressing down of the two players, he allegedly told them, you two want to fight? I'll fight you both right now. <laughs> What a legend. What a legend. <laughs> and told them both that he was going to go back and watch the tape of what happened. And if he didn't like what he saw, he was going to come back and beat both of them up. <laughs> what do you mean? Like, what? I'm what? going to commit assault right now. <laughs> I'm so confused. Like, what was he not going to like from them? I don't getting- know. Was he's like I'm gonna I'm gonna oh. figure out who started it, or like, like maybe maybe I'm gonna see something and I'm gonna understand it. All I'm gonna beat you up. <laughs> yeah, that was his that was his solution. That's so just some just some just manager things. Just some toxic masculinity. <laughs> just a healthy healthy dose of it. Oh man. <laughs> now the punishments, apologies, and aftermath of the event were perhaps even more bizarre than the actual fight. Right after the game and the locker room stuff, Newcastle realized that they were going to have to say something. Yes. So they set up a press conference. 
and there was Sunus, and then on one side of Sunus was Lee Boyer, and on the other side of Sunus was Kieran Dyer. And Sunus said, I am Iron Man. <laughs> no. No. Okay. That is not what occurred. <laughs> okay. Both Boyer and Dyer expressed their apologies for the incident. Later in life, Boyer actually called it a moment of madness. Yes. Then, Sunus got on the mic and very publicly sided with Dyer in the situation. Oh, no. Saying he hadn't seen Dyer himself throw any punches. While of the other player, Sunus said, I think Lee Boyer is indefensible. I think he is guilty, as the pictures show, (laughs) of throwing more than one punch, and he has to accept whatever punishment comes his way. Again, he was sitting right next to him <laughs> when he said that. Sunis really did go back and watch the tape. <laughs> but also, the tape clearly shows, like, at the beginning, yes, it's just Lee Boyer throwing punches. And uh, Kieran Dyer kind of, like, has his shirt and is, like, ducking him. But then, like, right as they're starting to get broken up, Kieran Dyer definitely throws a punch or two. Uh, okay. Like, he definitely starts fighting back. Yeah. And I was like, eee, I don't know about all that. <laughs> Newcastle United went on to actually contest Dyer's ban for the red card. (laughs) But for Lee Boyer, the club passed down a fine of 210,000 pounds. Wow. Which is a lot. Yeah. (laughs) That's that's a bigger fine than a lot of people get now. And 210,000 pounds is not nearly as much money as it was in 2004. And I was going to say, like, uh, a player... Even playing in the Premier League, like if you're a top player, two hundred thousand dollars a week is still like a ton of money. So that's at least a few paychecks. Yeah, yeah, that's all. It was a lot. Yeah. And Newcastle chairman Freddie Shepard told Lee Boyer that he should get on his hands and knees for forgiveness. <laughs> wow. Okay. Just, yeah. They just really went after yeah, Lee guess, Boyer. I after guess this. so. Newcastle lost both their FA Cup semi against Manchester United and their UEFA Cup quarter with Sporting. Brutal. Before falling even further in the league during the last month of the season, finishing 14th. You hate to see it. <laughs> it was like worst case. Scenario. Yeah. Seriously. Absolute worst case. You're really going to do that to Alan Shearer? Like the greatest right? goal scorer yes. in Premier League history? Oh, man. Drew, do you want to take a stab at who the club let go that summer? Ah. Uh... Lee Boyer, I would guess. Graham Sunis. <laughs> Just a couple guesses. The players who left that summer, permanently or on loan, included James Milner, Jermaine Genus, Aaron Hughes, Craig Bellamy, Nikki Butt, Darren Ambrose, Nikki Butt, and Patrick Clivert. You know who did not leave the club? <laughs> The guys that I guessed. Graham Sunis, <laughs> Kieran Dyer, or Lee Boyer, who all very confusingly remained. What? Why would you keep all of them? Why? All three of them. What are you thinking? Hey, maybe they figured it out. Maybe maybe they got through it. Yeah, they, they went through a couple's therapy. And yeah. They did the whole thing. <laughs> oh, man. Boyer played for Newcastle United one more year, and after that year, left to join West Ham. West Ham. Pick up trucks. <laughs> Kieran Dyer played for Newcastle 
two years after the incident before he also joined West Ham. What? Hey, man. And was teammates with Lee Boyer there. Please tell me the Grim Soonest went to go coach at West Ham. Soonest broke the club transfer record that summer by signing Michael Owen from Real Madrid. Michael Owen. But as we all know, Michael Bowen's bones, Michael Owen's bones are made of glass. Yes. And he had broken his foot before New Year's. Brutal. Soonest was sacked by February. Yep. Meaning that while he was sure he could take both Boyer and Dyer on in a fight at the same time, he outlasted neither of them at the club. <laughs> brutal. Brutal, brutal. <laughs> it was the last managerial position Soonest ever held. He just became a pundit after that. Yeah. Yep. Hey, I would like that. You'd probably get paid in like a good salary. And you don't have to... There's no pressure. Yeah, it's like a lot, way less it's pressure. It's just like 100% hot takes. That's your job. It's just yep. coming up with unpopular opinions. Yeah. And he does it well. Yeah, he really does. He, he, he's so good at Nobody it. Nobody does it better. <laughs> Maybe Skip Bayless. Mm, true. Probably. And Drew, that's the story of one of the stupidest fights soccer has ever seen. Yeah, that was a really, really dumb fight. Lee Boyer versus Kieran Dyer versus Graham Soonis, kind of. Hypothetically. Hypothetically. A hypothetical fight, yeah. Possibly. I respect it. Some sources include Benedict O'Neill for Planet Football, Kieran Dyer's autobiography, the hilariously <laughs> titled Old Too Soon, Smart Too Late. <laughs> I love it. Man, that's Northern England if I ever heard Yeah, it, it really is. And also Chris Knight for the Chronicle Live. Incredible. Awesome, awesome story. Man, it, it's, it was just a joy, really, to, to see how everything kept getting worse for everybody involved. What, what a journey. Uh, a true journey that we just went on. And it's all thanks to you. It's all thanks to me. And for th- those that lived it out. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that will be an indelible part of my memories for all time. I'm sh- I would hope, at least. Oh, man. Another great story. Uh, if you love this story and you want to hear more stories, a great way to support the podcast is by giving us a rating or review on Apple Podcast. Five star, hopefully. Oh, yeah. Whether you hate it or you love it. Give us a five star and just give us something to work on. We'll try. Yeah, yeah. Because we're, we're definitely trying to get like most improved podcasts. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah. If you want to follow us on social media, you can do that as well. At Twitter. At uh, Twitter. At Twitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at DeadballPod on Twitter, Instagram, and you can find us on Facebook. You can. As well as emailing us, deadballpod at gmail.com for any questions, concerns, story ideas. Yeah. If you just want to drop in and say, hey, looking for a chat. All those things. And you're looking for somebody to respond with you within the next month or two. That's that's usually how long it takes for us to get back. We can do that. We can do that for you. We could definitely do that. We could make that happen for you. And if you're interested in merchandise, we have a Teespring store that we have some shirts, a hoodie at. Uh, you can find that in the link in the description below. And if you are into Fantasy Premier League and already have a team and are looking for more leagues to join, we have a league, WTFPL. Look it up. You can probably find it on our Instagram page by scrolling through. We can also probably post it a little bit more. You can find that. Uh, it would probably be pretty easy. It's not too late to join either. It isn't. I mean, you pro- you're like almost a couple hundred points behind everybody else. But if you already had a team, 
Yes, then you, your points you, still count. You keep those points. Yeah. You know, and it, it's and, for money, and for real even life if money. You're joining right now, the last two weeks were were just awful for basically everybody. I was gonna say I scored thirty two points last week. I think I managed to crack forty. It was terrible. I hate myself. <laughs> Is probably the worst ever week I've ever had in fantasy Premier League. It was it was wild. Bad. I hold myself to a high standard, and I'm failing to hit that. But you know what? We're gonna try again this week. We really will. I dropped Timo Werner. The youngest dead ball brother, Luke Snavely, is uh, in the league and beating both of us. I That's believe, so disappointing. Which is very disappointing because wow. he does not follow European soccer. No, not at all. At all. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the podcast. We hope you really, really enjoyed it. And uh, as always, we are around. Uh, if you need to talk to us, you can follow us on any of our social media channels or send us an email. And if not, we will be back and you'll be hearing from us very soon. Bye-bye now.